welcome to On the Middle East, the podcast of the award-winning media service, Al Monitor, where each week we talk to the decision makers and thought leaders who are making the news and shaping the trends in the Middle East. I'm Andrew Parasoliti, president of Al Monitor, and this week I'll be talking with Al Monitor columnist and On Israel podcast host, Ben Kaspit. There is a lot to discuss, including the meaning of the budget vote this week in Israel, why former Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is down, but maybe not quite out, why Ben believes another Gaza war is imminent, and why Israeli leaders behind the scenes are saying that America needs to act more like a superpower in dealing with Iran. I can think of no one better to discuss all of this with than my friend and colleague, Ben Kaspit, one of Israel's must-read columnists and commentators. And that conversation begins now. Ben, welcome to On the Middle East. Thank you for having me, Andrew, and I am very happy to be here. Let's get into it. The Bennett-Lapid government passed its budget last night or yesterday with relative ease. Uh, you write in your article for All Monitor today, and I'm quoting, that Bennett can chalk up a major victory, but the real winner is his alternative prime minister and foreign minister, Yair Lapid. Passage of the budget, despite the opposition's best efforts, ensures with almost complete political and legal certainty that Israel's prime minister a year and 10 months from now, at the latest, will be named Lapid. Is this coalition government stronger than we thought it was back in June when it formed with just a one-seat Knesset majority, 60 to 59, and seemed united only in its opposition to Netanyahu? Yes, first of all, I think it's a very uh, good uh, or a very happy uh, birthday present for Yair Lapid. He's 58 today. And uh, the 61-59 majority of uh, this coalition looks, uh, Andrew, a lot more stronger than, uh, than we, we, we thought before. And this is mainly because of the, the secret weapon, the glue, the, the core of the of the strength of this coalition and the, it, it is named Benjamin Netanyahu. Uh, the paradox is that no one of uh, of the, the coalition's uh, players uh, wants Netanyahu to go on, but no one wants him to to quit because if he quits, suddenly things will be will we look at totally different because they will they will lose the the reason of being together. But let's go back to the budget. It was not so easy. Uh, there were 780 votes during 48 hours uh, nonstop of voting. Uh, the budget for 2021, the budget for 2022, and the, and, and, and the, the big uh, economic uh, statute that uh, goes with it regularly. And the, the tipping point the, the threshold was the 2021 budget, because if it falls, the government falls and we have election uh, within 90 days. And this vote happened between the early morning of Thursday, 5.30 a.m. And then uh, I think it was not so easy because the blood pressure of everybody was very high. Everybody waited to see if the 
the biggest magician in the political history of Israel, Benjamin Netanyahu, will, will have his stunt or, or draw what we call in Hebrew, the secret uh, rabbit uh, from his sleeve, but nothing happened. There was no rabbit. They, they did, did not, uh, they were not able to find, find another defector like the first one, Amichai Shikli from uh, Yamina that left Yamina right after this, the government was established. So it was approved and when 2021 was approved, all the rest was uh, history and not so important because the only thing that could cause the government uh, to fall was this budget. So it happened. And, uh, and I think uh, it is very important to Bennett, very, very important for Netanyahu. But uh, yes, actually, it, uh, it claimed now that if you, nothing, something very, very uh, surprising, a force majeure uh, should happen in order to prevent Yair Lapid from becoming a prime minister because the rotation law that uh, this government uh, is, is uh, uh, using is the same rotation law that the previous government, the Netanyahu-Gantz government statute uh, one year ago. And it says, even if the government falls, there will be an automatically switch between Bennett and Lapid. And Lapid will be the prime minister during the interim government that will take the country to election. So Lapid, can be very satisfied today on his 58th birthday. Was this Netanyahu's last stand, uh, given that the Bennett-Lapid coalition is now in place for the remainder of its term? Will the criminal charges that Netanyahu faces soon overtake his effectiveness to function as opposition leader? And does he have uh, rivals within the Likud party for that position as, as leader of the opposition? The graveyards, the metaphorical graveyards in Israel are full with the guys uh, like me and analysts and, and politicians that said, uh, listen, Fox, this is Netanyahu's last stand because this is the, the ultimate comeback kid of all times and he never lets go and he's still here with us, with us alive and kicking. But after having said all that, his chances of a, of a brief return to, the, to power are now very slim and maybe not existing at all. According to Israeli uh, law, uh, he can uh, he can approve the government with the, the with the with the, with the budget uh, vote, and then he needs only one vote majority. But if he wants now uh, to to have a a confidence vote in the government, he needs eight votes more. He needs to get sixty one votes for his uh, alternate government and coalition, and and he doesn't have now right now is a fifty three hardly. And he needs the, the, all the, the joint list of the Arab party to, to vote for him becoming a prime minister. So yes, it looks like he's uh, approaching the, the last stand. Uh, but I remember Andrew uh, getting into the cafeteria of the Knesset members uh, back on 2006. And Benjamin Netanyahu said there he was uh, head of the opposition like he is now. Uh, the election uh, was uh, devastating for him. He, he took the Likud to 12 mandates. It, it's an historical all-times low. 
and no one wanted to drink tea with him in, in the cafeteria. His spokesperson asked me, please go uh, drink something with Bibi sitting there alone. And after a few weeks, he was the next prime minister because the second Lebanon uh, war surprised everyone and uh, Ehud Olmert uh, went out of it as a lame duck. And Benjamin Netanyahu was the next prime minister and he really did it and uh, came back to power uh, shortly after it. So never, uh, never say never or never say last stand with Netanyahu. Right now his problem is, uh, like you just mentioned, Andrew, the, the criminal charges. The, the trial is going on. A state witness Nir Hefetz will, uh, will uh, hit a stand, I think, on November 14th or 16th. And the, the attorney general in Israel is uh, finishing its term as well, Avichai Mandelblit, the guy that indicted Netanyahu. And maybe uh, this is Netanyahu's last chance, the next two, one or two months, to reach a plea bargain with Mandelblit that will keep him maybe out of jail. If he waits to the next one, uh, he can be very disappointed because Gidon Saar is now the Minister of Justice and uh, no one better of Mandelblit is waiting to Netanyahu in this post of Attorney General. So he has, he will have to get to, to, to take a very important strategic decision in the next weeks if he stays and waits for a miracle or something to happen, but the trial goes on and the clock is ticking, uh, or uh, try to go to a fast and uh, honorable exit and make uh, go to the private sector and make money because he has a lot of very, very good offers, uh, become a, a director in many firms. We know about Larry Ellison, but there are many other that wants his services and he can become a multimillionaire within months. So this decision he will have to take in the next few weeks. About the Likud, no, the Likud is a one-man show. Uh, the last polls uh, uh, gave Netanyahu 34 to 36 seats. So he, he keeps his popularity and power within the base of the Likud and everybody knows it and uh, not near Barakat, neither Israel Katz or Yuli Adelstein that declared already that he wants to, uh, to compete against Netanyahu is a real threat. The, the only threat uh, uh, on Netanyahu is Netanyahu himself and of course the criminal process. The decision he will have to take is crucial and uh, no one, uh, I, I'm not sure that all his uh, relatives, and I'm talking about the wife and the, and the son, uh, are willing to go on on this uh, voyage uh, when you don't have the, the, the protection of the state anymore, you don't, don't have the chambers and the helpers and the cars and the, and the flies, uh, flights to uh, abroad, and you have to finance everything by yourself and you can find yourself in jail within one or two years. So uh, let's, let's uh, just uh, uh, keep posted and see what he decides. You write in your article today that Bennett's desk is covered with ticking time bombs and you put Gaza first among those ticking time bombs. You say that the relative calm there is illusory. What do you think um, we can expect in Gaza in the next few months? Gaza will always surprise us. Uh, I think that 
two last eruptions of violence uh, between Israel and Hamas happened when the military intelligence uh, was preaching us that Hamas is not interested in another a war or clash or violence, and it, it happened. Things happen in Gaza very fast, and uh, usually they surprise everyone in Israel. Now, relative calm in the last few weeks. I've, I went there on Friday two weeks or three weeks ago, and I had a tour with the local commander, and it, it was really calm, but uh, it is because of local steps made by Israel. For example, uh, it, we are now allowing 10,000 Gazan workers a day go to work in Israel, and it gives the Gaza economy a huge boost because 10,000 workers is uh, something like 200,000 uh, uh, people, families in Gaza that, uh, that are uh, living from this money. But let's not forget the Qatari money, the $30 million a month uh, cash in, 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 in many bags, are not get going into the, the strip anymore. What, what the, the, the Gazans get now is only two thirds of this amount and through banks. So it can be monitored a, a lot better than before. I don't think Hamas and Yechi Sinwar and all the others like this situation. They lack the third, that it is actually the, the paychecks of the Hamas personnel in Gaza. And there is no solution yet to this problem, and if there will be no solution in the next few days or weeks, you will see a, a, a rockets again, you will see maybe a fires again, and anything can happen. In Israel, in our side, what you hear from the, the military personnel and also uh, the, the decision makers and is that a, a clash with Gaza, a real one, a strong one, a, a strategic one, will happen. It's not a question of if, but when. So if it happens, this can be a very, very uh, difficult, uh, I think, uh, challenge for the coalition because Ram of Mansour Abbas will not, will not be able to stay calm while its sister Hamas is, uh, is fighting with Israel. So Gaza is a really a real uh, time bomb that is uh, ticking all the time on any uh, prime minister desk, especially Naftali Bennett, that is the first one to sit in a, in a coalition with, with, the, with the party that is actually a, a sister party of Hamas. And you've covered um, the US-Israel relationship regarding Israel's concern about Iran, some of the disagreements between the US and Israel over the approach to Iran, the next round of nuclear negotiations is set to begin. How does Israel feel, Israeli leaders feel at this point about the U.S. position in engagement with Iran as another round of talks on the JCPO, JCPOA is about to start? Veterans like myself feel a very uh, a clear uh, feeling of deja vu because it is exactly what happened during the Obama administration with one crucial and strategic difference because the Netanyahu, as we all remember, declared war, even uh, we can call it jihad 
on the administration. The, the, it, it came to a, to a fiasco when he traveled to the United States and had the, the, this, uh, this speech uh, in front of Congress without uh, managing it with the president and uh, Israel suffers from the consequences of this uh, maneuver until now with the relations with the parts of the Democratic Party. Naftali Bennett is not going to declare war. Uh, the, the administration and Bennett and Lapid, uh, I think are sitting on the same page about the way to handle the disagreements between them. They will not go public, they will not be a jihad, and we can forget about it. But there is a very, very clear disappointment and even worry among Israelis if you talk to the chief of staff, and, and I do it from time to time, or the chief of uh, intelligence, or the chief of Mossad, or the prime minister, and even the foreign minister, Lapid, because uh, it's not only the, the meaning to go back to, to the, the agreement that was in Israeli eyes full of holes. It's the way that the, the, the Americans are dealing with the Iranians. Uh, in, in, in the Israelis think that, that Iran, in order to succeed, bringing it to, to the table and having and, and reaching a good agreement, Iran has to fear America and Iran does not fear America. What I hear in the closed circuits is just behave like a superpower. Don't invade, don't attack. We don't need American soldiers to go anywhere. But remember the only time when the Iranians suspended a military program, what we call the, the military uh, program of the missiles, I think it was 2003, was when uh, the Ayatollahs feared uh, the, the, the America of George Bush after the invasion, the catastrophic invasion to Iraq. So if you don't hold a stick in your hand, nothing will happen. And the, the, the stick nowadays is irrelevant, a, a realistic military option on the table. So now when you see the Americans are dragging legs, the Israelis are starting to talk about their military option. It's not so sophisticated, not so powerful, but the, the new budget in Israel just approved 5 billion shekels more to, uh, to try and up upgrade this, uh, this uh, option. And if I may be a little optimistic, uh, you can see something is trying to, to change in Washington. You saw a few days ago, a B-2 American bomber crossing the, the skies of Israel towards the Gulf, escorted by F-15s, the Israeli F-15s. You saw the blue flag uh, military uh, Air Force, Israeli Air Force uh, maneuver with nine other air forces, including the United States of America, of course. You, are, you, are, you can follow the, the, the public statements by American senior officials like, like Secretary of State and etc. They're talking about other options. It's not enough, but it's a beginning. So this is the, 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 the beginning of what's supposed to happen in Israeli eyes now. Uh, I think next time we'll be able to talk about Plan B and Plan C. Israel thinks uh, the United States and Israel has to have a plan uh, of what to do. What are we going to do 
if the Iranians are not going back or, or they're dragging legs in the negotiation, now will take a year, for example, and the Iranians will go on in uh, enriching uranium to 60%. And plan C, what happens if uh, everything is breaking uh, off and no negotiation and the Iranians are going uh, strong forward? What do you do then? And I want to, don't want to, to say what I hear that, that you have to do then. So there is a lot of work to, to be done between the sides. I can say, I can tell you, Andrew, that, uh, that the, the, there is a lot of intimacy between uh, the Israeli side and the American side, what we did not see during the Netanyahu-Obama uh, years. A lot of cooperation, a lot of understandings but uh, less uh, things are, are done. So this is the, the thing we have to fix in Israeli eyes. And thank you for your, your time, your analysis and, and reporting for your many contributions to All Monitor, including your own podcast on Israel, which is um, features a who's who of newsmakers and, and thought leaders in Israel. Thank you very much, Andrew. Take care. Thank you for having me. We will return after this short break. Hello, I'm uh, Gilles Kepel, professor at uh, Sciences Po and Normal Sup in Paris and author of a number of uh, books and articles on the Middle East. The Middle East remains one of the most vital and fascinating regions in the world. It is rich in complexity and ideas, but for many in the West, it remains a puzzle with many missing pieces. Through my new podcast, Reading the Middle East on the award-winning media service and monitor, we will take a deep dive into the trends in the region with the authors and thought leaders who are shaping how we think about the Middle East. To begin my podcast, I speak with my friend and one of the most renowned novelists of the region, Egyptian writer Ala El Eswani, about his latest book, The Republic of False Truths, that chronicles the run-up to Egypt's 2011 revolution and its aftermath. Reading the Middle East will be a fantastic addition to Al Monitor's outstanding podcast lineup, including On the Middle East with Andrew Paraziliti and Amber Inzaman, and On Israel with Ben Kaspit. You can subscribe to all three Al Monitor podcasts on your favorite listening platforms. We look forward to your joining our conversation. Thanks to our guest today, Ben Kaspit, to our production team of Phil Calabro of Al Monitor and Beowulf Rockland of Two Square Media Productions. If you haven't done so, please sign up for all of our podcasts with great lineups next week. On Israel, where Ben will be speaking with American expert David Makovsky about developments in Israel and Israeli-Palestinian relations. Reading the Middle East with Gilles Capel, our newest podcast, she will be talking with Martin Indyk about his new book, Master of the Game, about what we can learn from Henry Kissinger's approach to Middle East diplomacy. And of course, this podcast on the Middle East, hosted by Amber and Zaman and me, where next week I'll be talking with Noor Swade, partner at Global Ventures in the UAE, and one of the top 50 women in tech, according to Forbes magazine. Thanks to all of you for listening, and please remember to check out the latest news and analysis from the region 
at lmonitor.com. 